We say things that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening. Hello, everybody, and welcome we to We Say Things That Don't Mean Anything. Things, episode 126. Keep going. Oh. Don't let me stop Sorry. you. Simon. I lagged a bit. I was too late for the song. Uh, okay. Uh, Suns fan here with Cinderin. Greetings. Your cup looks huge as always. Your Stein, uh, as you call it. Yes. We are twins today, both wearing We Say Things shirts that you guys this is what you... <laughs> cannot buy. Yes, what? I was just going to say, this is what you do when you're trying to sell merch. <laughs> this is not available. Okay, We're going to make them want it so here. bad that when it comes out, it's going to sell out immediately. Okay? We, we have had people ask about them, and the real reason that we're not doing it yet is because we're very lazy, and I don't... You know, first of all, Cinder's not going to do jack shit. We've already established that. He shows up, and that's Probably it. Probably true. And then for me, it's you know, it's just too much work at this point. So I've offered to help you more, and you say no. Yeah, then you because, can't blame me for it after. Well, when That's you know somebody is going to screw things up royally, you know, it's Don't in the best that. interest of the podcast. But that is honestly, that is a good like. That's a good life hack right there. If you don't do anything, you can't screw it up. That's true. Yeah, I, I've lived so by that. It's worth times, worth no thinking doubt. about. Food for thought. Um. So before we go to the Patreon shoutouts, uh, we, let's talk. Okay, let's do the Patreon shoutouts first. Let's just go in order. You take the yes. first half, Cinderin. I do. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to do them really slowly or really fast today? When do we do them really slowly? I don't know. I think it's a terrible idea. So we'll do them I, fast. Okay. Yeah. All right. Thank you too. My name is not Coleman Shalitsky. Send how much for you to cast one of my stupid, I mean awesome pubs. I don't know. Fuck. Give him a number. Fithak. Fithak. Games are falling asleep. Zaddy Sova. Flozy B. Oh, this is all our rappers come up earlier. Disco FarMD. Vincent Darksea. Hashtag simp for Marcy and her pocket BKB. I got nerfed. Semper Pi, Hakuna Matata, the guy in the chair, Commander Donut. I developed Stockholm Syndrome, so please come capture me again, Suns fan. Brad Sheeran says there's a 1.002% chance for Suns and Sin to get every SAP question wrong eight weeks in a row. They did the math channel. 1%. It happened. 1%. Chakar. Warsaw, Washington. (laughs) At least spell Washington correctly. The Mega Pope, who is your third favorite talent TI in New Zealand? Oh, I actually did more than half, I think. Go. Zan Xavier, Nate Thicko 01 Hamscroats, Bacon, biting my dad's ass like a wolf bited tiny with Echo Saber until he wears a Triple H costume for Halloween. Do you know what that reference is, Cinderin? Triple no. H? That's a wrestler. That's the oh. only, like one of the few that I know. Shark TM, Novi Panda, Dop. Nothing to see here. Underscore man. Ben Broomhead hates how they removed the button to add all your loading screens to the shuffle five years ago, and it's still gone. Pitch yep. Black. Wooden Aftertaste. Duntalk. Anonymous. Now buying my friendship with Cinderin for 30 USD. Yes. Peter, the patent for the fire hydrant was lost in a fire. Thus, the true inventor of the hydrant remains a mystery. Niebling. And Perkadirk initiation. Running into other We Say Things patrons in pubs is fun. Thank you, friends. We appreciate that. Um, 
Okay. The password for the fire hydrant was lost in a fire. Yeah. I wonder if that's How true. do they know that? Well, what do, you, what do you mean, how do they know that? There's a record of it being lost. Well, wouldn't the... So I guess the inventor died with it or what? Or he would have just, you know, made it again. Yeah, he probably, he probably died. He probably died in the same fire. Yeah, that's what I'm uh, thinking. So let's quickly get this out of the way. Time zone changes are about... Uh, EU has changed times. NA has not but it will in a week. The way that this affects the podcast, and we've gone over this before, but because I live in Arizona, it's very weird for me specifically because half the year I am PST. I align myself with California. And in a week, I will, instead of staying the same time zone and just shifting, my clocks don't change. But as a result, the time zone does change to be MST, which aligns with like Colorado. So that means... The podcast will continue to be at 10.30 CET or CEST, whichever the active one is. CET. S is for summer. It's not summer. Other than this week, the podcast will be at 1.30 PST or PDT, whichever the fuck it is. But it'll be 2.30 for me because, again, the time zone shifts and it gets very weird. Now, having said that, I I am glad that Arizona doesn't do time zone shifts because... Changing our clock sounds miserable. Sounds absolutely miserable. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I think they're going to get rid of that at some point. So, yeah. All right. Let's get started this is with the this shortest week's... time zone talk we've ever had on the podcast. That's because we we've... generally get really into really heated arguments and you lose your shit because I don't understand how it works. In Not, okay. okay. Last time we did this, the reason I got angry is because you and chat that I was following with live were calling me an idiot. The whole time because I didn't understand time zones. And it turns out they're the ones. And you were the one that didn't understand time zones because Arizona is very unique. There's only a few We just had a different interpretation of time than you do. I still think Chad and I were right. Yeah, okay. Pandering as always, Cinderin. All right, let's get started with the episode officially. Of course, uh, the day after our last podcast, Marcy and Patch came out. Uh, which you know thank you valve for that but at the very least we get to talk about her now and we get you know basically a week's worth i played the shit ton of her i don't know about you um Mm -hmm. i played some games how do you want to do this i really like talking about new heroes i want to talk about like the concept the balance level the spells specifically Mm -hmm. ags and shards that we think would be cool to add on to her etc how do you want to go about this in what order I think we should talk about on release first. Okay. Do you want to go and through like, each skill? And then the fuck out of that. Or are we assuming everybody knows the skills by now? Uh, we could just quickly go over them. Like okay. in, a, in a simple manner. So Marcy has four spells. She has a spell that flings an enemy behind herself and stuns in an AoE. Then she has an ability where toss. she jumps. Huh? Like, like, horn like horn toss. Yeah. Uh, then she has a spell where she jumps on an ally or an enemy, and then she uses them as a springboard to jump in a direction, uh, which King. is vector targeted. Yeah. If you jump on an ally, they get 35% move speed for five seconds. Then she has a spell that gives herself and up to one ally. You can also only self-cast it if you can't find an ally in range. Um, you give them bonus damage and lifesteal for six seconds. Legion. And then you have an ulti which turns you into Son Goku for 16 seconds. Ursa, where you just right. 
just hit really fast, do a shitload of damage, and apply a pulsing slow on the final attack of your combo, which has three, four, five strikes based on level. And after you've completed your strikes, you have to wait one and a half seconds to strike again. So you basically disarm yourself in between these combos, but you hit so insanely fast for full attack damage every hit. Yeah. Um, very, very strong. Okay, so let's talk about what we think of the concept first before we get into the balance, yeah. okay? There was a lot of people complaining. I don't know if they're actually real complaints. So I think of myself as an amateur hero designer. I know that's kind of stupid to say, but I've had a lot of practice designing heroes over the last... It's been like 12 years I've been doing it, you know, from just a hobby standpoint. I'm not saying I'm an expert by any means, but I definitely know more than the average person. I think the whole idea of comparing spell, like being against an idea because it's similar to another and is inherently not correct, in my opinion. Does that make sense? Like yep. saying the Q is like horn toss is a bit of, I mean, obviously all of them are similar to some degree as something else. But if you're trying, and this is the thing that I noticed when we would go through like a lot of these really unique hero ideas that people would submit to us when we did like these community hero projects. They would try to make their heroes so unique so nothing can be comparable to anything else in Dota, and you end up becoming too convoluted, right? Like, mm -hmm. in my opinion, Oracle, Earth Spirit, heroes like this that are just so inherently unique, when they first come out, they're busted or terrible or it's just not fun in some capacity. I think they're bad design, and over time, they're ironed out to become okay, right? So mm -hmm. something like this, I I actually like the concept a lot. It's a strength. I mean, I'm biased in the fact that it's a strength hero. You can play this carry, has some use and support as well, which we, you know, we'll talk about what position we think is uh, correct or whatever for now. But design wise, I like it a lot. Actually, it plays really well. It feels like a Han hero. Some would say League. I don't see that as a necessarily bad thing. What do you think? Uh, I think so. First of all, I I don't I don't mind the concept either. I don't think it's one of the best, to be honest, that they've uh, come out with. I think other recently released heroes. I I was really a big fan of Mars because I think hero designs that are inherently really easy to understand but have a very high skill ceiling are very cool. Uh, I, th I think I mean I I guess her spells aren't that complicated either. It's not like uh, Earth Spirit, for example, whose spell combos and spells in general are very complicated, but. I still think the, yeah, so actually this is somewhere in between those two. So that's pretty good. Like, she's not very hard to understand, but also not, like, as simple as Mars. Um, on release, the hero was insanely broken. Um, just did way too much damage. Her so during, mana costs were too low. I, during this time, I played her six games, went five and one. No exaggeration, averaged 22 kills. Yeah, it, it was awesome. ridiculous. Awesome um, shit. I think it's fine. It seems clear with the design that they're trying to make the hero flexible from the get-go, which I think is okay. Uh, I also think it would be fine if it wasn't because it's been a long time since we've had a true carry, and that's what people were a lot of people were really hoping for. Um, like, when is the last time we got a true Agi carry, for example, come out? Monkey it's been a King. really long time. Is this it? He, well, this he's even he's even debatable because he's also a support, right? He became um, support later. But I guess later, on though, release, right? he was definitely intended to be a carry. But he plays like every role, basically. Yeah. Marcy and him are actually in a, a relatively good comparisons. They're like about mobility. They have a stun. 
uh, they have a lot of damage, and they can be played support and core. So, um, and they have their own ability that grants them life steal too. So wow, they're, what they're a, relatively what a similarity. Similar. Uh, well, I mean, it's probably the single hero that she's most similar to in the game, to be honest. No, if I you agree. had to pick one, no, I agree. Um, so. Yeah, what about it? Aside from that, um, I like. I think the spell design I like the most is probably the um, the jump. I think it's really cool. It's yep. first of all, it's another vector targeted ability which we both like. Um, I think it's cool to have an ability that is a hundred percent dependent on positioning of something else. It's not like blink, which a lot of people compare it to, um, because like, oh, she's so hard to kill because she can always just get away, but. You know, it obviously depends on where things are around her. Um, this spell is really weak in specific parts of the map and specific types of fights, because even if you can jump on someone, if you're in an area where you can't get to a high ground or get enough distance with the jump, because the enemy hero that you're jumping from is too close to you, mm -hmm. uh, it's not really an escape. Um, well, and the whole idea that you can jump on an ally and kind of go in as like a tag team is, is really cool, I think. Uh, Let, so let's like talk about let's just talk about each spell. I think that that's yeah, probably a good sure. way to go down. So let's continue with that. First of all, that this is one of the coolest names as well because it's an NBA thing, Cinder and Rebound. Rebound. Great name yeah. for a spell. I can't wait to cast that personally. But yeah, you cast it. The best spell name is the first one though. Dispose. It's really? called Dispose. It sounds like you're taking out the trash when you toss your opponent. Yeah. I fucking love that name. That's I think it's true. so funny. It's like the only time I ever use dispose as a word. Is to dispose of trash. <laughs> so, but I, I agree. Rebound has a lot nice. of uh, potential. I mean, it's going to be fun to watch. It's fun to use. Vector targeting is always fun in general. Uh, it's mm -hmm. I found it harder to use than other vector targeting because, like you said, you rely on other units. And yeah. just becoming familiar with the range that's needed initially to jump on it can be a bit... I mean, it took me a while to get used to it. It's gotten to an okay spot after like 10 games or so. Um, but there's a ton of potential. The fact that you can uh, buff your ally for movement speed is nice. Um, and yeah, it's just a good mobility spell overall. So It is. It definitely has its moments of frustration in the learning curve where you, you cast the spell and you target somewhere, and then because the unit you're targeting is out of range initially yeah. and then moves somewhere else, then when you jump on them, you don't end up where you targeted because it's too far away or your mm -hmm. jump doesn't go off at all. So. Right. But that's a player problem, right? And you just need to get good at that point. Yes, um, that's actually true. But so so okay. it's not like the spell is bugged. But what I'm thinking is that there could be a quality of life change where if you try to cast it and you're out of range, it just Me let's far. say you're targeting an enemy and you want to jump somewhere and you're too far and they move, then when you get in range, it doesn't cast at all until you cast it again. You know what I mean? So that you actually end up where you select, but if you're not oh, in range, you don't cast it at all. But then that's not like any other spell, then, right? Wouldn't I'm trying to think if there's something similar to that. I was thinking that when you initially select the first unit, the highlighter should be red if it's out of range initially. Yeah, something and like it that. It can would still also be continue like walking of... towards it, but yeah, right now it's just a, a game of feel essentially, which right. that's which the biggest. Is also frustration. fine. I mean, it's a skill then, right? Yeah, no, just, it's, uh, it definitely you takes need to skill. figure it out. Uh, okay, so um, go ahead. Yeah, Dispose, pretty straightforward. You take an enemy, toss it behind you, and stun it in an AoE. Uh, it has ally. really short cast range. So you need to get very close, but you can obviously get close to them with rebound. Um, 
I find this spell conceptually insanely powerful in lane, uh, mm -hmm. in particular, because in lane, heroes are generally forced to be within a contained space. And Marcy has the most insane mobility in out of most heroes in lane with rebound. So whether you play support or core, the constant threat of this spell in lane is really powerful, but did get nerfed in terms of stun duration. Um, but I honestly, in many ways, this is, in many ways, this is her most powerful spell. Actually. I know a lot of people will point to the ult, but we'll get to that, uh, after it got nerfed. No, Dispose I, is really strong. Yeah, I, I think it's... Well, we'll get yeah, we'll get to the ult. I, I do agree, though. Dispose is in contention for possibly being the strongest aspect of the hero just because of the relocation. I mean, it's a stun, too. So Horn Toss, is, you pick them up, right? Mm -hmm. It's a group of people, so it's obviously different. And you ended up landing them in like behind you and a small stun for that group of people initially. This one is a stun right. on the location behind you and to the unit you've tossed which that's i thought that might be a change they could make if they were going to nerf it is that the target you're tossing doesn't get stunned or something like that but then maybe it's not nearly as good i don't know and it's a lot weaker but then you could give it something else right yeah i guess but the range is very small but and the fact that you can use it on teammates to save them as well is pretty strong uh, the range is very low, which if you're playing support, which how often have you seen this hero's support? Because I think it's like a pretty low percentage. Quite a few games. To, like, it just like gets played position, everywhere. It get, yeah, that's true, I guess. Mostly I've seen three as the most common. Yeah. Uh, but like Aether Lens, if you pick that up, then Dispose becomes insane. The range is ridiculous. Uh, and the save becomes like truly insane. Um, people memed about the fact that you can throw people out of Chronosphere course ignoring the fact that there's a couple other heroes that do the exact same thing yeah. already so, so it's like okay whatever um yeah overall very strong skill and then the third ability sidekick is the one that you target a hero or yourself and it'll end up giving it to you and somebody near you uh, a buff of 50 percent lifesteal and a bonus damage of 65 at the highest level which maybe that i can't remember if these were nerfed at this thing i'm looking at it's is the even. same values so this spell is, I think the potential of the hero in competitive Dota, this is probably the strongest part for that because um, there's some specific strategies that you can run with the spell that would be incredible, right? You think about what heroes, how heroes itemize and how they scale, and you now pick a hero, whether you play it support or core, and you give that hero every 12 seconds, you give them six seconds of basically half a satanic, right? Mm. Uh, the lifesteal might be less than half of a satanic, but you also give them 65 damage on top. So then the lifesteal is obviously stronger than just the 50% because you gave them more damage. And if they have critical strike or if they have really high attack speed, uh, this skill is insane. I think, first of all, I, think, I still think it's too cheap. Like the mana cost is just too low on this ability. It's insane. It's like 30 mana on level four. Um, and I... I, I don't know. I'm still like in the phase of figuring out what I think is the... Because like when I talk about this Dispose and I say it's like the most critical spell for the hero, it really depends on the strategy, which I think is a good sign, right? There's going to be some games where you're like, wow, Sidekick is so broken. And then there's going to be other games where you're like, Dispose is insane, you know? And if it's not like straightforward, what's her best spell, depending on the game, I think that's great. It's like some games with Lion, Hex is just the shit because you're playing against hyper mobile heroes and then in other games maybe 
just the burst is more valuable because you're playing mm -hmm. against squishy heroes. So, um, yeah, I, I think that part is good because for quite some heroes, I think you'll, you've probably also noticed this in your games. There's not like a go-to designated skill build on this hero, right? Right. People don't always skill the same. Um, I sometimes think... people go one one four. Sometimes they max rebound. Uh, I don't think I've seen much dispose max though, but I've seen like some yeah. two four one builds, and hmm. I like one one four when it's played support. I find that very strong. Really support? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen the max of the Q yet personally, but sidekick yeah. definitely very strong, and I agree it's a little bit too cheap, especially with. I don't know what people are normally taking, but the 10 talent that gives you two mana regen seems insanely good. Like, I was surprised that one was not nerfed at all because it feels like I never run out of mana in the hero. I'm not buying any mana regen, pretty much. You know, uh, you combine that with sidekick costing 30, then that spell I mean, is essentially free. It's a combination of all that plus the hero just feels... It feels like the one item that you absolutely cannot not buy is armlet. Like, if you're playing core, that is. Armlet just yeah, feels like it's here. made for this hero. Um, so yeah, that that's a really good spell. And then the ultimate, which is the most interesting one to talk about, Unleash. First of all, these these names are amazing. Unleash. Imagine mm -hmm. that being cast in a team fight, Cinder. Imagine it with a Diffusal Blade pickup. Can you just think of it? The call right now. He unleashes the inhibit. Can you? Oh, oh that would be good. So when activated, it basically buffs. Uh, Marcy, like you said, gives her a little dispel action, and then she just attacks really fast, but then with each combo that she's done with, uh, has to take a little bit of a break. But each time you she get the full 15 combo... 15% move speed as well, for 16 yeah, that's seconds. that's true. So 15% move speed. Each completed combo deals a pulse damage and slow. I thought that was going to be the thing they nerfed, but it's not. So my issue with this spell, first of all, it feels amazing, <laughs> obviously, mm -hmm. when you're playing at core. I think that this is too strong still because yep, of the same. fact that when you're support, it doesn't feel like you are support hero when this is on. You know what I mean? Yep. So I'm surprised that this one is the one that has not... Again, they, they nerfed it a bit with the time that you have to stay disarmed, but the fact that you can be a position fucking five Marcy... And people have to worry about your right click a lot. They cannot ignore you is kind of incredible. That's the one thing I would expect this to get nerfed going forward. But yeah. we'll see. So on release, the disarm time in between combos was 1.5. And the duration of the ult was 18 instead of 16. So it's been nerfed quite a lot. Especially the disarm time is a way bigger nerf than the total duration. Um... But yeah, I, I agree. I still think the skill is insane. And obviously, you just talked about it from the support point of view. I think from a core point of view, the fact that you get level 12 relatively quickly, uh, the skill just does so insanely much damage. Like, if you think about Ursa and how Overpower works, Overpower has an inherently, you know, decent cooldown. If you're, if you're prepared for a fight really well, you can enter with a precast Overpower. And then you can cast a second one during the fight. And then that's kind of it, you know? Then you need to wait for a while for the next one. Mm. With Marcy, you have overpower for 16 seconds. With bonus move speed, more damage, except you take out the Fury Swipes component, but you get an AoE pulse. So for a lot of teamfight situations, it will be better. You slow in an AoE, 
that's it's an bigger earth shock, than earth shock right it's basically yeah, but it's a, a much bigger shock. aoe right yeah um and if effectively if this hero is in play in a fight whether it's core support it is not a hero you can ignore which you know that isn't inherently an issue because there's other heroes like that uh but i guess a good way of talking about this is like the opportunity cost right like it's just it's zero right <laughs> like um and the synergy between this and your lifesteal skill is obviously incredible. That's why armlet is so good on this hero, is that you pop your armlet and you go into the fight, and if you start taking damage, you can just pop your sidekick, and if you get one unleash combo off, you heal insane amounts. Yeah. You get on in all these attacks so fast and during if you're, the if you're initiating kick. with, like... I mean, Basher's pretty common on this hero as well. You jump in with your W, you yeah. obviously have your ult and the the lifesteal component activated already. And then once you're done with the first wave of hits, you dispose to get that stun. That basically takes you around the same amount of time that you're disarmed anyway, so you can get another free combo off. This is assuming that you have BKB. Uh, somebody was telling me in chat that Cap made a comment about this, and I think this is a really good point, that when a hero can buy BKB as their first you know, main item True. after armlet, that's too strong when that's like literally every game. If you can I get found away with myself that. playing my first game of Marcy, I played five. I went phase BKB and I was a carry. <laughs> As a five, I went BKB yeah. first item. Because I was like, if I get this item, I'm just a god. You know, if they don't have BKB mm. piercing stunts, I can win a team fight with yeah. 4k net worth. Um so how and would I still you think largely that's the case? And the like I like the idea of the skill. I just still think the numbers are just off. Like the duration, 16 seconds, is still way too long, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I would rather have this be like even down to something like 10 or 12 and then have it feel impactful in that duration, but, but then it also makes it more counterable for enemies, right? Like currently against Marcy, you can't, like, it's not like you can try to disable her out and then her ulti expires. You literally have to kill her. I guess the only counter is to kill. Yeah, I mean, You're there are, to escape there are some good counters, right? Like so. Bloodseekers of the World. I think Pango's really good against her with the di- constant disarm. Uh, yeah. Obviously, Doom deletes every hero in the game. Um, but having said that, it it does feel like you don't even need... I, you just need survivability, which she's already tanky to begin with. Yeah. And her ult just does all the damage for you. Now, the thing is, the thing I'm worried about, since this is supposed to be a carry, I would... Based on the nerfs that they've instituted this hero, which are om- there was one nerf to the ult, but mostly to the other skills at this point and the talents, mm-hmm. they want this. It feels to me that they want this to be a carry more than anything else. Would you agree with that sentiment? They they nerf the support aspects more. I agree so, with that. So, how can they nerf unleash and not make her a support? Because her other abilities are st- even though they were nerfed, they're still really good as support in mm-hmm. the right hands. I think. The first thing I would do is the pulse damage that is done with the ult should be lowered dramatically. That would be the first thing I would see uh, how that would feel. Because I think that's a bigger deal than people think. Because the AoE, I'm fine with the slow. It's just the AoE damage is too much because you're constantly hitting it when you have BKB. Uh, I'm, I'm okay with the idea of, you know, once you have all these items, deleting heroes, that's fine with me. You know, like you get 
a BKB, you get Basher, you get a plus one item, Daedalus or something like that. With your ultimate activate, you could delete any hero in the game. I think I'm okay with that aspect of a carry why, type. Why does the pulse need to slow? I mean, it doesn't have to, I guess. Why is I'm there just pulse thinking from like that? a fair from like a fairness standpoint in the spell, right? You already have 15% move speed inherently for the entire duration of this. Hmm. Maybe maybe it's too bad if it doesn't slow. Like that's entirely possible. And then it's like, oh wow, you can just gap her all the time. Like, get any slow on her, and then you can run away. And this is her way of staying on target. Even if she gets slowed, she can still hit something. Uh, a counter argument to that would be, well, you have a literal gap close spell. So if you run in with unleash and you get slowed, you can still jump with rebound. But obviously, it means you need to make the choice of do I rebound to enter the fight. Or do I enter the fight by running in and having allies that set me up with stuns and slows so I can rebound to chase? Mm. I think that would be interesting if it feels like you have to choose what kind of fight it is when you approach. Uh, or that you itemize for it. You buy Blink Dagger. Then you have both as an right. example. Uh, I played against, I think it was DY the other day as a 4. Uh, and his item build was actually really interesting. He went Phase, Yule's, Blink Bash as a support. As support. Yes. So he literally would just engage for his team. He would blink in and immediately dispose someone, cast ult and fight. And when he started getting targeted, he would Yule, and then he could rebound out. Um, and he had the basher then ultimately just to, you know, smash people when he ults. Right. Um, I thought that was a really interesting take on the hero to play it like that. Um, I mean, are this you, is more of a supportive mindset, you, right? Do you like that idea of having a support that... Like obviously the first three skills you can see where the support comes from, but having mm -hmm. an ult like this that's still that effective with no items theoretically, well, not theoretically in practice as well. And do you like the idea of that being on a quote unquote support hero? Like, do you want a support hero to go basher? Like, does that is that an inherent <laughs> issue with you, or do you like the idea that that's actually something that supports can go for now? It's not just pigeonholed for carries. Right. I think it's cool that itemization for this hero in that role is out of the ordinary, but that you can also go for the ordinary. I don't personally have a problem with that. I'm not like, oh, it's a support, therefore it should not ever buy damage items or it should not ever buy carry-based items. I think it's cool when supports can do that. Like We've seen some really creative support Monkey King builds where they would go like Gleipnir or Orchid. Um, I think that's good. So her buying Basher as a support with this as the ult, I think is completely fine. It's more about whether the spell inherently in itself is fair. Um, and then if it gets tweaked and it's still fair and it still gives a lot of attack speed, you'd probably still see a support Marcy by it as, as, a, as an item by Basher. Right, what like about just the... looking at this and looking at the numbers, I think my go-to nerf right now for this would probably be to remove the attack speed slow. Like, honestly, I just... I don't... I don't think this hero should get that additional advantage when it goes in and just unleashes and just smashes someone that they also lose their attack speed so they can't really fight back. Yeah. It's hard enough because of how overpoweringly strong she is for those 16 seconds. So I'm okay with the move speed slow. I think there's some logic there with, you know, staying on target and maybe it's too weak if you can't keep finding heroes to hit with your ults. So move speed pulse is okay. But yeah, the attack speed slow... I think there's been other spells in the history of the game that had attack speed slow and then it was removed, right? I'm trying to think of what it was. Um, but I think there, there's been there was one that or one two patch spells. where everything was uh, that slowed 
in general was made a movement speed and attack speed, right? Or a lot of them at least. There was like this and one big got, patch. A lot of it got re and reworked again. A lot right? of it eventually, like slowly. Yeah. So I don't know, but I, I think I don't know how you feel after the nerfs that have come through in the last week. I actually think she's relatively balanced. She's not that far off. I just have the issue with the ult as a support feels too strong. That's it. If they mm -hmm. can somehow balance that out, then I. Overall, I like I like the concept a lot. She's a lot of fun. Um, we didn't really talk about the model or the voice line stuff, but well, first of all, the voice line stuff is amazing. It's whistling. Uh, yeah. That's very cool. And I actually, <laughs> my chat was telling me that it, it was definitely a real person whistling. It's not like some robotic thing, which you would have been right. perfect for, I guess. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that's cool. I, I imagine being a voice actor asking to come in and being paid like. I don't know how, like, let's just say 50K to come whistle. <laughs> That's quite the job. I bet it's a right fun there. day at work, actually, to yeah. do something different like that. It's probably fun. Um, uh, all right, we can talk about the model real quick, because you know I have a pretty clear opinion about things like that. Yeah. Um, I don't really like the model in Dota. Um, just, like, I didn't like the Dragon Knight persona. Um mm -hmm. But you like it's for Dawn the same Breaker. reason. It's not because I don't like the art style inherently. I like this art style. I don't mind that it's cartoony, but it doesn't fit in Dota because it doesn't fit the universe. That's just my opinion on that. Like, okay. it's really simple. You look at all the other hero designs, uh, the graphics made around them, uh, the graphics of the items, of the map. This feels like you're taking cartoony heroes and placing them into a world that's meant to be more quote-unquote realistic than cartoon style, right? So they immediately stand out and it feels a little bit off. It's not like it ruins my immersion or I hate the game when these heroes are in it. It's not like that, but I just feel like you could have... I know you want to pay adieu to the, to the anime and there's supposed to be like some sort of consistency between the two somehow, but I still think you could have achieved that and still have the heroes look more Dota and less... Like, to make it simple, less League, right? These heroes look more League of Legends-like uh, because that is a more cartoony game. Um, and I, I still feel like yeah, you could have uh, you could have done a little bit of a better job with that. I don't hundred percent disagree, but I don't mind it at the same time. Mm -hmm. I understand it's more cartoony. It doesn't go to the league extreme, I don't think. And the fact that there was an anime that looked exactly like them, I think that's. I actually disagree with your take on if they're taking something from the anime. This is a pretty good job that they've done. It like is it, it's gonna be cartoony. Like there's no way. Well, does really it have to that. though? Is the question. Well, unless you just change it drastically, I don't. I don't think there's don't, a way. Don't you think you could maintain like the, how to say. So to give you an example, let's say Dragon Knight, right? The Dragon Knight persona. The dragon yeah. looks fucking awesome in Dota. Does it? It looks from, cartoony. From dragon Knight. No, the the dragon from Dragon Knight's uh, persona is amazing, isn't it? Am I am I mistaking this for another dragon? Doesn't that one look really good in Dota? It looks. I like think a the Dragon Knight dragon, dragon looks great. To me, uh, it's the one we're on the same page, right? With the Marcy yeah. Yeah. hero. Yeah, I think the dragon looks cool, and I think that looks very Dota-like to me. Okay, I think it looks um, anime. Actually, I think it looks very. But very I guess anime. it's just inherently by being a monster like that and not a human-style character that. Right, that's the big difference. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, because I'm kind of what... with you. I think I think it, to an extent we're on the same page that none of us is like is like really bothered by this. But that's like my main criticism of the design is that I feel like these heroes could have had more of a nudge in the Dota direction. So, and me... I also agree that they're not fully league. But let if you were to do like this, a slider, then. if you were to do like a slider from the most league hero in terms of like really cartoony to the most Dota hero in terms of like really you know raw and like more rough i guess around the edges mm-hmm. then i think marcy is probably if 10 is the most dota hero and one is the most league hero it's probably a three for me okay it's like it's kind of it's very it's very much in that cartoony direction um see i know that but okay yeah. we we disagree a bit on this just not by a whole lot but i know we also disagree a bit on the Dawnbreaker and even mars models which i find to be more mobile hero like, I think that's too much like a mobile hero in Dota that doesn't fit as much. Again, it doesn't ruin my... Okay, the one thing that does ruin my uh, fucking immersion is the voice line of Dawnbreaker, just because it's from uh, that one show, uh, Castlevania. But anyway... The, the voice like, actor itself, yeah. It, it's, it's not just... It's literally the exact same character. Like, why not change... Anyway. Uh, okay, so yeah, let's, but, let me just do a, one quick question here. Which hero uh, styles do you like more? Is it Mars Dawn or is it Marcy Dragon Knight and Dota? Which ones do you think fit better of those both, two pairs? Both equally don't fit, I guess. Okay. Now, having said that, I, I don't hate them by any means, but mm-hmm. I would still, for the next model, would like to have something darker. I would like a Shadow Fiend type a monster. We need a I monster want, hero. I want something dark and not cartoony. Maybe yeah. something Heroes of New Earthy. How about Balfagor, Cinder? And go Google that. Just some fat, disgusting mess oozing everywhere. That would be great. Um, I okay, think model-wise, so... out of the last 10 hero releases, the coolest Dota hero released artwork, voice line, and everything is probably Grimstroke. Ugh. He's really fucking cool. Everything about Grimstroke uh, was great, except his face. What a shitty-ass <laughs> face design that is. Yeah, honestly. but... Right. Isn't that the point? He's supposed to be like that. They could have made think... they could have made it not look like a PL with a mask of madness on, okay? They they had so many <laughs> okay, other options. But like the concept <laughs> of the hero is amazing. The paintbrush shit, incredible. I agree for most of it. Um okay, so I think the last I want to talk about Ags and Shard, but is there anything else about Marcy we should talk about? The talents were rearranged a oh, bit. Yeah. The other talents so the 25 talent is now the spell immunity with the third skill, and it now dispels. Um, and the only spell like immunity is and one and a half, right? Yeah, so it's not very long, uh, but can be very strong in certain scenarios, obviously. So it's almost like having like a legion shard now, essentially, right? Uh, with the level 25 talent. So, yeah, anything else about the talents before we talk about Ag Shards or the hero itself? Uh, I think this is another part that contributed to Marcy, especially on release, but let's just look at the talents now, still being, in my opinion, a really good hero, is that I think all of the talent lines just have really powerful stuff. You talked about the mana region level 10. <clears throat> if you don't need it in the game, you can take 5 armor, which is inherently just a really strong level 10 talent, 5 armor. Yeah. Um, 
for a hero that needs to go in, no matter what role it plays, it's a lot of EHP that you just get for free, essentially. Um, then her level 15 line, 200 rebound cast slash jump range, which is both, right? Effectively gives you 400 more initiation range um, and 400 more disengage range. That's an insane talent. The other one is half a second of dispose. From what I've seen, no one takes the stun. It's just the, the funny too thing good is, to have the it, range. It was 0.75, and no one was still taking, and then it was nerfed to 0.5. That was interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I think the rebound taunt is too good. Yeah, I agree. Um, it should be 100 or 150 or something. It, it really transforms the hero to hit level 15. You get so much more mobility and options in fights. Then level 20 is 30 move speed or 25% sidekick lifesteal. That's probably the weakest line, actually, mm. uh, of the four relative to when you get it. Um, so, yeah. Especially her 15 talent. I think her 15 talent is the best one she has. Everyone was so focused on the BKB sidekick. And I get it. And it was on level 20. I actually think overall, from a macro perspective in the game, I think the level 15 talent is actually still better than the old level 20 sidekick talent. Mm. Um, because of the time you get it and how much it does for building the the rest of the game. I think that was really strong, but I'm obviously happy with the sidekick being moved because it was still too good as a 20 talent. But yeah, and then the, the other 25 is, talent is, is one point. I think it's 1.5 second silence with your ult, right? When the yeah, every pulse, pulse goes off. Yeah. And your disarm time is 1.75. So that's 0.25 seconds to cast something if you're not bashed. If you get a bash, then you're just you're stuck there, essentially. Yeah. Um, okay. Have you thought at all about Ags and Shards on this here? Because I have. I haven't really. No. Okay, well, let's I'll do give, your ideas I'll give first. You my and idea. I'll tell you how bad they are. I'm gonna give you the first two that I don't like. Okay. I don't think. Wait. They how many be. ideas do you have? I have one for each skill. Okay. Wow. Well, not okay. I have a something for each skill. It's not always an ags or a shard. Okay. Okay. So this one hmm. would be very bad as a shard. Not bad as in it wouldn't be good. I think it should not be in the game. A shard for okay. dispose. To allow you to use it on magic immune enemies. Yeah. It's it's boring. It can be broken in some scenarios and can be useless in others. Don't like it. Second one, yeah. also don't like it. Again, shard. Rebound when you're bouncing, it stuns, just like a dissimilate from like that a 25 pound void spirit. Well, depending on the stun duration. Right. But. Don't like it. Regardless of numbers, I don't like the concept of that one. Okay. Right. Same. So now let's get to the Ags and Shard. I'm trying to remember what my Ags was, actually. Uh, shit. I'll think of it in a second. Oh, no, this one is the Ags. Sidekick. So this one is more catered like a Dawnbreaker Ags, where it's more supporty. okay? Tell okay. me how strong this is. Keep in mind, supports are not going to get level 25, so that like BKB part is not really going to come into play very much. Sidekick works on... Everybody in your area as an Aghanim Scepter. As a Scepter? Yeah. 4,200 gold. You double-click yourself. Up to five or up to four other heroes around you in 900 AoE get the ability. That's my Ags. I think it's actually kind of balanced, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of how good that actually is, even. Because... Like, it sounds insane on paper, but then you think about how lineups are constructed, right? Like, right. how many allies are you going to have that, for those six seconds they have sidekick, draw a true benefit from it? 
Mm-hmm. And you're paying 4,200 gold to only buff them. It does nothing extra to you that you didn't already have. Um, I don't... I feel like in some lineups that would be good. I just inherently don't think I would even buy it. Uh, when you say it, uh, when you presented it, I wasn't like, damn, I would buy that as a support. Because mm-hmm. I'd be looking at, okay, do I have a lineup where... I need at least one extra hero in my lineup to really benefit from sidekick to feel good about getting that item, maybe even two. And how often will I have that um, where they use it? So I don't know. Keep in mind when you're late game as a core and you pick up an Ags, it could also have great benefit. It's really good for building, pushing, stuff like that. Yeah, it's good for Um, Siege. But I so agree, is the it's old, You remember the old Underlord Ags, right? The one that gave the aura? Oh, man, that was broken. Where was half so of your damage went to teammates, almost nobody it. bought that. And I that know. was insane for was pushing. so good. I love that one. Um, and yeah. that one still didn't <laughs> Keep in mind, guys, purchased, uh, so. so for like Hoodwink and some other of these heroes that we predicted for, like there's no way we can predict or we're even going to try to predict like a new skill or anything like that. We're just assuming that these four skills are what we have to choose from. Um, we did get. I have an idea the for Dawnbreaker a new skill shard. for the Ags, actually. Okay, we'll get to that then. Okay. I'm not done yet. Okay. Yeah. This is Shard for Unleash. Okay. Okay. So. Please don't num- make this spell better. <laughs> it's it's going to get better. Uh, I'm trying to figure out a way to make this balance because they keep changing the timers here. Mm-hmm. I think you get Shard. Ah. Oh, it's not good enough. Okay, the main aspect of this is that it hard dispels, and you can, like you can use it while stunned. Okay, that's the main part of the shard. Okay, but it needs something on top of that, and I was trying to think maybe less of a disarm time, but I don't really like that. Maybe you can just increase the pulse damage, something generic, like some additive bonus that's already there. But the biggest part of it is it. You can use it while stunned. So it it's situational. But a lot it's of the not, time, yeah, I, I don't know how strong that actually is. I don't think it's broken at all. It's 1,400 gold. It's really good against certain lineups, right? Where you're yes. prone to getting jumped, and then you can instantly counterplay. Um, I, I just... I, I don't really like that from the perspective of how interesting it is to play and play against. It just feels like really good, but not innovative, right? Well, you okay. So having said that, you can go through a lot of ags and shards that are not innovative. We're not trying to be innovative. Mm-hmm. I'm saying what I think they would prop might put in the game, and I think would yeah. be fine to put in. And this is one of them. Okay what what's your what's your ags? Okay. My Aghanim Scepter is called Dumpster. You okay. place a disposable... You, pl- you place a garbage truck. And then if you toss an enemy into it with Dispose, they die. What do you think? <laughs> wow. Sounds like techies. <laughs> That's uh, incredible. Just an incredible mind for this kind of thing. The fact that Ice Frog asks you for advice on patches and not me after what you just said, really looking forward to the future. Yeah, of it's been too. a while since I was asked. So <laughs> okay, well he's obviously watching the podcast. Um, well, let me think. So I think out of all of your shard suggestions, yeah, 
I think the Ultra one was the best. Um, but I, f I feel like for this hero... Do you think it's going to end up being I, a new skill? I, I don't want either the shard or the eggs to be on the ult. With the way the ult works right now, like even though you said even your example of the shard doesn't feel... How to say... Even though it might not feel overpowered or whatever, just in theory, I just... I think such a huge part of this hero is the ult that I would rather that something else becomes a little more integral. I mean, um, stuff they've the done in the past itself. is taken a talent that they've already put in and apply it as a shard and then yeah. just, you know, redistribute it something else. So there's a million things they can do. Those are the ones that I thought of. Could um, You could make the shard give sidekick a basic dispel. Then you can target yourself and an ally and remove slows. You could target an ally to remove silence from them. That's, um, that's a talent already, like right? No, the, the talent is 25 BKB plus the spell, right? Yeah. You could you could technically remove that talent and make it a shard that is weaker. Because I think if you made this shard the current talent, you did the that, shard would be way too good, the, right? I'm going to say there's a 0% chance they do that just because Legion shard is literally that. Unless they redesign Legion. No, Legion shard is totally different. What do you mean? It's the Legion Shard gives an ally magic immunity. I wouldn't want it to do that. I want it to apply a basic dispel on both you and the target. That's no it, BKB. It's close enough to Legion that I don't think they're gonna do it. That's what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Not exactly the same, but okay. what if so... with a shard like Void Shard, when you rebound in, you can bounce back. And then if you have placed a dumpster and you land in the dumpster. <laughs> God. You get to shoot yourself out of the dumpster like a cannonball. And then when you land on impact, you stun, you activate unleash, and then you vacuum the enemy team together to you. What do you think? I stopped listening halfway through. How about unleash your favorite skill with shard? If you get a kill, it refreshes the entire duration of the ability, Cinder. Yes. Yes. Yes, I love it. <laughs> I love right. it. Excellent. That okay. would be so fun. We talked about Marcy for about 40 minutes. That's impressive. Okay. Good job. Uh, let's talk about other things. So 7.30E came out. Is there anything that you wanted to highlight concerning this patch? A lot of little changes uh... here and there. Yeah, I'll go over the ones that I think are most important. So first of all, I always look at the general updates. So small camps XP reduced by 10%. Um, apparently this was bugged for a little while with one camp, but that's fixed. So a little bit less experience for primarily supports actually from that. Usually the ones pulling it early on and then later obviously for the carries that will just farm them on rotation. So a little bit of a slowdown of the game. I would like it to be more. Uh, that's no secret. As far as items go, big changes. Echo Saber got one more second cooldown. So at TI, if you guys didn't watch or didn't pay too much attention to carry builds, there were a lot of heroes that would go Echo Saber and Silver Edge. These two items in combination were really powerful for insane burst damage uh, for a lot of cores. Um, so nerf on that. Fey Grenade no longer applies to your attack damage. Thank the fucking god. Uh, I didn't like this design at all. I'm happy to see the change. It now applies a stronger damage over time ability, but does not use your attack damage. That is very good. A it's good now change. garbage. This was stupidly broken on Earthstraker. But now it's garbage, yes? And stupidly broken on Morph when you were in the team with Earthshaker. 
Yes. I still don't think this is garbage. I think it's pretty good. I know. That's I knew. It gives you, you 20 move speed. It gives you targeted vision of the enemy hero for a really long time. It applies damage over time. The it's only cool. thing it does that's really good that no other item does basically now is it procs Lincolns. Yeah, that should actually get removed too. Yeah. Then it's garbage. Then you can buff it some other way if you think that's the primary benefit to it. But I don't like that a tier 2 neutral item can break Lincolns. They removed it on the higher items, which I find really interesting. So, like, some of the tier it's 4 like items and tier 3 items no longer break Lincolns, but level tier 2 item Fae Grenade does. It almost feels like they just forgot. Like, no joke. It's just, I find it weird. I mean, if anyway. you want a Lincolns breaker, you got to use a piece of shit item. How about that? Yeah, but it's not That's that bad, saying. Shannon. It's really not that bad. Okay. Cancels bonus. Okay, uh, what else do we have? Minor nerf to Helm of Ironwell. This item was insanely popular. It still is. Uh, I still think it's too good for what it costs. Let's talk about the big boys here, Cinderin. Tiny. Yeah. Lycan. Magnus. Go ahead. Okay, so not the rest of the items? No. Kids gives a shit about the items. Okay. You're talking about sure. Helm of the Overlord that got... An 100 gold increase in recipe. We're not going to spend an hour and a half on this little pack. No, we didn't need to. I was almost done, Shane. That's fine. <laughs> All right, continue. All right, Shadowblade and Silver Edge got nerfed quite a lot. Let's move on. <laughs> uh, big hero nerfs. Which hero got hit the hardest, actually? I think Elder Titan, actually. Okay. Quite possibly got the biggest nerf. So this hero was the most picked hero at TI. Um, very potent laner. As a support, uh, but can also be played core. And Elder Titan lost. So what did he lose? He lost movement speed on early levels of Astral Spirit. It's better on level 4. He lost a lot of bonus damage on early levels. It's the same on level 4. And he lost vision range on the Astral Spirit. He's a clearly weaker laner now, uh, which I think is fair. He was just super powerful before, and he's still strong, but not as ridiculous. Mm. Um, what else do we have? 0.1 cast time on activate fire remnant for ember is a maybe a more significant nerf than you would think. Lycan scepter got nerfed. That was the only change to the hero was wolf bite. Gives it has a longer cooldown now, and the targets you bite have a fixed 150 attack range. <clears throat> so you don't have these heroes that are bitten and then just hit from range. How does that work with uh, tiny? Like tiny. Is it yeah. horn toss what, nerf from Magnus? What was the no range big surprise. On, what was the range Skewer on Tiny nerf. before? Huh? Sorry. What was the range on Tiny with this before? His own attack range with a tree, I think. Because hmm. I know because that when you get this, melee. when you get this in ability draft, or was it <clears throat> ARD? I can't remember what mode it was. It would work to the point where it was always 150 attack range. It would screw you over a lot of the times. Oh, but. I don't know why it would work on Tiny and some other heroes in the game. Anyway. I, I guess the way it worked is that if you cast it on a ranged hero, they become melee. But if you cast it on a melee hero, they remain melee with their melee attack range, which oh, would be Monkey King and Tiny, right? I think. Right. Okay. Yeah. And Doom. That's slightly. Right. Um, yeah. So Magnus, Horn Toss no longer stuns. So you can BKB, which is a huge nerf. Mm -hmm. And Skewer has shorter range. And the skewer talent with range also is shorter. <clears throat> Monkey King got multiple nerfs. Also a very favorite here at TI. He lost some move speed. He lost a bit of cooldowns on Boundless Dragon Primal Spring. 
Omni Knight Dejanara got buffed and he got an armor. Whoop the fucking do. Really cool. Uh, Dejanara will eventually maybe be skilled, which is cool because they released a Crimson Trophy or Crimson Witness <laughs> item that changes the Dejanara. And nobody was skilling the skills. You couldn't even see it. <clears throat> uh, Pudge's hook got a lot cheaper. Wait, can we t- do you think Omni Knight should be redesigned? Get rid of Dejanora? Just, just redesign him from the ground up. I actually like the idea that he has Degenora. I just think it's been outpaced by the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, this skill used to be really powerful, actually, once upon a time. And there's many things... <clears throat> Jesus Christ. There's many you remember, things you could do. Do you remember the Dota um, 1 days? Omni Knight mid, you go S and Y, you maim everybody, you just win the game. Those were yeah. interesting days. You could just you could imagine a lot of ways to make Degenera powerful, right? If you wanted to, it used to slow attack speed for a while. That was removed. Mm, that's true. Yeah. Uh, what if it slowed uh, a little bit similar to time dilation? That it could have like a small factor of that, where cooldowns come back slower when you're in Degenera, or it could slow spell casting speed. Since you've already introduced all these concepts into the game. You could put them on Omni Knight's aura if you wanted it to be strong. The what biggest you... problem with this hero in general with Dejanora is that he's played almost exclusively as a support, and he's a backline support, not a frontline support. Even though he's a knight, he doesn't frontline because he exposes himself to getting silenced and killed, and then he can't save his allies. So why do you have a, an aura around you for a hero that never goes in? Right? Yeah, um, that's, true. that's why people don't skill it. It's just because... It's not because the move speed slow isn't good. It's because you can't afford to stand like that as a support. I mean, he um, has the same issue that other heroes have, like Legion and Abaddon to some degree, where it, it's just as hard to spell. That's the reason they're picked still. So their other skills aren't nearly as important. So if you have a skill like Degen, it makes sense that that would literally never be skilled, right? I think the Abaddon comparison is actually really good here because Abaddon has Curse of Avernus, right? Where you're a support. Do you really want to go in and hit stuff in fights? But the reason Curse of Avernus has value is that A, in lane, sometimes when you're facing specific lanes with melee heroes, it's actually really good for trading. B, when you're doing anything that's not a team fight, Curse of Avernus does something. It helps you with farming speed. It helps you with killing Roche. helps you with taking towers for your team. So mm-hmm. it, has like, it has these moments that it's good. Omni Knight's aura is literally only good if you're next to enemy heroes yeah. and you are ahead in the fight and need to slow them. Like, how often does that happen for a support? It just never happens. This isn't and if you're the same. this in lane for the trading aspect, then the 10% or now 14% aura slow on level 1 is very, very rarely better than having one more point in one of your other skills so you trade better anyway. Hmm. So just it just doesn't feel good to take it. New skills, and you don't need Degen or anymore. Just if you give them it. a new skill that's good, this hero will be first pick. Like that's the thing. He's okay. so good with with this being a dead spell. Think about it. This is a dead spell, and the hero is still considered. Right. So, if you're redesigning him, I think it's a relatively large overhaul. I mean, I'm okay with him having an aura, even look as at a Legion. Support, Legion hero, is but picked. Make it feel better than if Legion had one ability. One ability. What ability would that be, Sindarin? Moment of courage. Incorrect. Press the attack is the correct answer. Let's say you delete oh, really? three other skills. Do you think there's any games where she would be picked? 
should be considered at least because you're banning Abaddon, you're banning Omni Knight, and that's the last one that hard dispels. Like overwhelming odds is fucking awful. Her passive, generally, you're not really using it to its full capacity because she's not doing anything with it. Because she's sitting behind you waiting to press the attack. Like, the issue with these heroes is, you're right, Abaddon is the exception because he does so many other things really well. You know, mm. he can heal on command. His ult has amazing fucking capability in team fights. Like, it makes him invulnerable, essentially. He doesn't die. He can frontline. He can push towers and all this bullshit. So he is an exception to the rule here where Omni and LC are just literally picked for one, one fucking thing, which is the hardest. Uh, Omni is also largely picked for the ult, though, to be fair. Largely? Yeah. Largely? Yeah. I, I don't think... Okay, let me say it this way. If... Apart from the, the patch when people would literally first pick the hero because the second spell was that busted, mm. I think now, after it got nerfed, you don't only pick Omni Knight for the hard dispel. You you think about whether it's a good game to have Guardian Angel, I think. Which is good, because it's his ulti and it should matter for your decision of picking the hero. Um, well, the other thing is... But yeah, Dejanor is just still... Legion is a three a lot of the times, right? So it's also yes. positional things for laning specifically. So, But, but think, think about this for a second. Like, Let's say you're playing three Omni Knight. I played it the other day. I got one point in Dejanora at level four so that I could maybe stick on an enemy core in lane. And then I skilled it on level two and I was like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Or well, I, I leveled it up later when I had maxed my other spells and I was like, I should have gone stats. So yeah. I kept DGNR level two and then I went stats anyway. That was mm -hmm. as a three. But even when you play Omni as a three, he's still a supportive type hero. He just doesn't right. work as a carry compared to other heroes. So it just feels like there's no incentive to skill this. Like, I, I was a pretty farm three, and I was going, what did I go? I went, like, lens, uh, lotus, and items like that, right? Because that's what your hero does. So, and his shard is awful as well. Yeah, like so it's like the shard is trying to make you, like, some sort of pseudo core, but this doesn't really work. Yeah. I don't know. Right. If you want to take him that direction... If you make him good enough as a core, Dejan Aura will matter, right? Well, that's, hey, I don't, I don't know how we got shit. stuck on Omni Knight Center. I'm going to blame you for no. this one. Yep, you, you uh, love that shit. Spectre Ags uh, cooldown from 30 to 40, so yeah, that was definitely nerf. needed. It needs more, maybe, even. I was Still expecting incredible. it to be more, but I mean, I like the idea yeah. of them not like mega nerfing something that was really good at TI because they know that things are going to change mm -hmm. a lot with these small changes anyway. Uh, then Tiny yeah. lost damage on three, Tree Throw, especially the... The splash that it does when you throw the tree went from 200% to 40, 60, 80, 100. That's a big nerf. He has less damage to buildings. And his level 15 talent that was bugged is now fixed and nerfed. <laughs> so this was the only known bug at TI and it didn't get hotfixed, which was his level 15 talent that was supposed to um give 15% tree grab unit damage actually gave 30 the whole event so it's twice as good as the tooltip said mm -hmm. and now it was changed to 20 so now it's actually better than what the tooltip said um but worse than how it worked at TI right so clearly a, a big nerf to tiny as well tiny got hit really hard with this uh, he's not nearly as popular right now and it's it's a combination of things and this is where balancing games like this is really hard because 
Tiny doesn't feel a lot worse because of the hero nerfs. He feels a lot worse because of the hero nerfs and Echo Saber and Silver Edge being nerfed. It was all of the stuff that he did at TI is nerfed. Satanic is nerfed. Everything Tiny wants got worse. Yeah. So he, as a result, he's very much worse. I think his win rate dropped like 5%, which is enormous um, in pubs. So yep. yeah, he's, uh, he's not very favored anymore and might need to bump up again. But it's, it's always hard to predict just how much it matters when you nerf the hero and its favorite items. But a good rule of thumb, I would say, is if the cookie cutter build that makes the hero strong gets nerfed, the hero itself might not need many changes. Um, yeah, doing all I, I of think these the. Uh, I know overkill, people. I think. People get very enamored with like these one or two or three heroes that are just picked so much at these tournaments, and they want them mega nerfed. Mm -hmm. And I thought Tiny got over nerfed in this patch just yeah, because of what I think you he's said. over nerfed too. Like, if I feel like if you just fix the bug that was the tooltip thing, and you do all the items. That's yeah. probably enough, honestly. Probably, but yeah. they just went real hand because they know that. I mean, part of it is you're balancing for perception as well, right? Yes. Like people aren't yeah. going to be happy with that necessarily. Like, oh, Tiny didn't get nerfed, but I feel like they went a little too ham on this one personally. Yeah. Okay, let's move Those are on the main ones. to the shuffle, Cinderin. We got some interesting additions here. Some of them are rumors. But we'll talk about them each the same here. So first and foremost, let's talk about the confirmed stuff. Zai is leaving Team Secret and joining Team Liquid. Position to be announced, but it is rumored as position four. Yep. Your thoughts on that? This is really surprising. Obviously, we don't know the rest of the Liquid lineup. If anything's changing, other than whatever position he's taking. Right. But considering... Obviously, good friends with Puppy. He's been on Secret for quite a while. They've had very good showings at a lot of tournaments, including TI. I'm really surprised by this. Based on the statements that Team Secret posted, it sounded like Zai left. Yes, uh, that's what it sounded Not like. that he was kicked, and not that he was... No, nor that he was kicked because they thought he underperformed, or that they had a better candidate or whatever, but he just wants to do something else. Um, so it's, it's his choice from what I can tell. Um, it's exciting stuff. I think um, I think the new Liquid roster will be really interesting to see. Obviously, we only know Zai is joining. There might be like big changes coming about with other players being swapped out. Um, but he, I think he will fit well into that team culture. Um, and I think it's a it's a really good, a really big thing for the org to get. How to say to get a superstar player, right? I think Liquid's roster recently since the since the Kuro team. Um, having the Alliance or ex-Alliance roster picking them up was like a, you know, it's a team with potential, but that hasn't got those big results uh, mm -hmm. that they want to nurture. Uh, but now they have like a true like star player in the roster, which is obviously really powerful. Um, yeah. So I think it's a really great grab for them. And I think Zai is going to be a good fit because in my opinion, Zai, if I were to build my dream team, he would probably be in it just because he, to me, he's like, almost the perfect player for a team. He has a great personality. He's very, very skilled. He can play multiple different styles, uh, different roles. Uh, and it's just, you know, has very good game understanding. So yep. I think that's a huge pickup, no matter what role they put him on, honestly. Agreed. Um, so uh, yeah, that's great. All right, uh, let's talk about Alliance. So some of this is unconfirmed. 
the two yeah. things I think are confirmed is Nico Baby is staying as position one, and Lellis, who is on Quincy Crew, will be position three. That's I confirmed? That is confirmed. I was watching his stream, and he said it himself. So okay. that is confirmed. Uh, yeah. I I think that Hanskin is confirmed as well as five. I'm not 100% sure on okay. that one, but I think so. Yeah. And then the rumored ones are Weeha as mid and Soxa, who was on OG as far as a reunion for Weeha and Soxa potentially. That mm. would be a very interesting lineup indeed, Sindarin. Your thoughts on yeah. that potential lineup? Mm, I could see it. Success? Honestly, I, I think... I think a lot of the rosters that are going to come about now, it's kind of hard to. It's hard to predict, really, uh, or have a strong opinion. Like, all of the players are very, very skilled. I think the big question mark for a lot of people is Weeha. Like, how good is he going to be? He has been great in the past, and then he kind of had a fall from grace until he took his break, mm-hmm. uh, was just not looking very good on Nigma. Um, I think. If he is coming back and starts playing competitively, I think he's really hungry for it because he took a long break and he has a lot to prove. Um, and I think in terms of play styles, he's, he's a good mid to play along with Nico Baby, I think. Um, it would allow Nico to go a little bit in a slightly greedier direction. Um, Nico is known for playing aggressively as a carry. And I think for Alliance to have like some more balance in their strategy and in their lineup, having a little more of a crazy mid might be good. Uh, to uh, not so that Nico Baby can go AFK and farm jungle, but so that there's more of a. First of all, there would be more of a tandem for him to play with the mid because I think Limp, Limp inherently is a kind of greedy mid laner compared to Weeha. I'm sure you would agree with that. Mm. So, if you play Weeha and Nico Baby together, they can make aggressive moves as a core duo, or in the right strategy, they can make Nico Baby the true one, and we can really make space. He knows how to make space, that's for sure. So. Um, I think that's interesting. And both Lelis and Sox I hold in very high regard in terms of players. They're very, very skilled. Um, yeah, there's a lot of rumors here. Wow. Yeah, we won't go through all of them. Uh, if Weeha is indeed going to Alliance, definitely going to have him as a guest on the pod. He promised me he would come on, but uh, he has yet to do so. Um, all right, this one, uncon- again, the rest of these are unconfirmed. E.G., Originally, I heard there's not going to be any changes, so I don't know how much to believe mm-hmm. into this, but we have the Arteezy, Abed, so nothing changed there, and then Nightfall offlane, Jerax out of retirement four, Crit position five, so that means Fly is gone, Ice 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 is yeah. gone. So out of all unconfirmed rumors, I believe this one the least. Like, Same. no fucking way, dude. Same. Like, what is this? There is no way. This one is really random. Dude, imagine this is true. I would actually be so... I would be shocked. I don't get shocked very often, but this would really, really be surprising for me. Agreed. It's like, no way. I actually think with the current roster, the most likely thing to happen would be that Abed leaves, not gets kicked, that he leaves because he wants to go back to SEA, uh, which could be a thing, and also the same for Ice Ice Ice, right? That both of those players would want to go home and play in the region that they come from. They've done, you know, they've done a stint in NA now. They've played there for a season or two. Uh, maybe that wasn't it for them. They want to be closer to home when they practice, when they, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, I find that to be more likely. Uh, I think Arteezy staying is very, very likely. He's kind of, you know, the household player for EG, uh, and I think Crate is definitely staying too. 
Uh, were Crit and Jerax? I, I don't think Fly would stay, but were they teammates on OG at some point? Were they teammates on any team at any point? Who? Sorry, Crit and Jerax and Crit. I'm trying to remember. I don't think so. No. Were they not OG? The original OG that was Fly still on that team then. The original OG was Fly and Crit, and then when they swapped out, that's when they grabbed Jerax, right? Oh. I that think. would that would be cool to have Jerex and Crit on the same team. I would uh, be shocked, man. I would be too. But and with a team like that, if this were to be true, I don't know who the fuck the captain is. Like, first of all, Nightfall is the offlane's hilarious. <laughs> That's like even more random. He could but, be the captain. He talks a lot and shot calls a lot. Okay. That's something I didn't know. But that an offlaner as your captain hasn't worked out all too often. No. Um Jarex and Crit, both pretty soft-spoken guys. Uh, but yeah, we'll see. Okay, next rumor. Team Secret. Nisha, Sumail, Ice Ice Ice, Yapsor, Puppy. That sounds like I think like Sumail a... is very likely. Okay. Um, if OG make changes, I guess OG is going through massive change, right? Seb has confirmed he's retired. Uh, Thompson was talking about taking at least an extended break after TI-10, if not quitting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if No-Tail also wants to take a break. Um, but yeah, Sumail leaving that team with what is happening around it would make a lot of sense. I think he would be a great fit for secret. Um, what is the replacement here then? So he would be swapping out for Matu in that case yeah, because Nisha would go to carry mm-hmm. and then ice, ice, ice to offlane again, if the, if the idea for ice, ice, ice of leaving EG, if that were to be the case, I still think he would be likely to go to SCA. Um, rather than this, but God, it would be so funny. I, I even find though... this believable, though. I do find no, it believable. This one looks more in line. It looks more believable. I wonder what EG Matsu would do. Did he through. say he wanted to take a break after TI? Or... I, I would find it hilarious if he joined Team Nigma. Would you not laugh out loud if that happened? That would be so funny. That would be pretty funny. But, but at the same time, happen. honestly, sometimes that's how it is, right? Yeah. It's like with a relationship and you break up and you go your separate ways and then you realize, okay, you know, like yeah, what we I had was actually you. really good and we didn't cherish it enough. You know? I hated you for like one Could year, be. you know, just and you came back. I mean, they didn't hate each other. That was the thing. It was a really difficult decision. I said, decision, I hated I think, you. I was trying to make a joke. This is why you hated me because I don't get jokes. I'm not funny. That's true. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. That's exactly what I was thinking. You're welcome. Uh, okay, any other rumors on here that are interesting? Um, Cloud9 might be making a return. That one is surprising in and of itself because I know for a fact that they are almost certainly not interested in Dota after getting burned so many times. But that could be in part because they keep uh, hooking up with Eternal Envy over and over for some reason. Jesus. This one is rumored to be Fly and Quinn on the same team. Who knows uh, if that's true? I heard a rumor true. about Quinn mid for EG as well, though. Okay. But, yeah, the rumors are a plenty right now. I I think yeah. this one to me is also believable, um, and it would be great to have another, like if we could have four good NA teams this season somehow, that would be cool. Like, Undying are staying together, four. which is confirmed. EG, then if SVG makes a new team, and if Fly makes a new team, then all of a sudden we actually have four teams, and then it's about leadership in EG that I'm mainly curious about. If Fly leaves, who they get. Okay. Um, 
but that, so, yeah. that could make NA more competitive at the top this year, actually. Quincy Crew are yeah, rebuilding in some fashion. We have no idea what it is, but yeah. I would assume Quincy's LOA building. slash SVG, whatever you want to call him, will be the mm -hmm. captain still, which I do believe in him. I think he's really good. Yeah, um, he MSS, he was looking for a team, so I assume he will not be a part of that team anymore. You never know this kind of mm -hmm. thing. But yeah, NA is a complete dog shit show. We're just going to combine two things there. So hopefully people can get their shit together because this region is a joke right now. Um, okay. So with that, I guess we'll just, uh, since we're a little over time, we'll just talk about this last topic and we'll bid everybody adieu. Uh, I just wanted, I made a blog post about the Dota 2 tooltips that Buka and I were a part of for TI 10. Um, you can check out the blog post in the description of the video. I'll put it down there. Uh, we got great reaction from everybody. Obviously, we've talked about this on the podcast before, but I want to talk about numbers here, Cinder, because we actually have numbers here. This is so, so insane. Between So we combined the regular, because we had to make, I say we, Buka had to make a separate extension for TI, right? Mm -hmm. And so we combined the stats of that for that the week during TI, plus that same week for the regular streams, like you know the Gorks and the Bulldogs and whoever else was streaming. Right. The amount of unique viewers that we had was 16.6 million. The amount of mouse clicks we had was 198 million. And the amount of mouse hovers, so hovering over a tooltip, 883 million. That is in fucking sane. I was not... Ex I remember we were at TI because Buka made the trip and uh, we hung out a lot. And he had to, every day, had to, like, double the amount of servers that we had because things were crashing constantly. The good thing about the Twitch extension is when it crashes, it's not like it breaks the stream. It's just the hovering doesn't work for the time being. It just comes right. back, back and forth, up and down, up and down. So when it's, like, having issues, it's not that big of a deal. Uh, but, yeah, had to spend a lot of money on servers like that. So uh, very cool to see people... Shannon, I have a trivia question for you. Oh boy, you Inhibit. don't. You're not very good at math, so this is Inhibit. going to work as a trivia question effectively. Okay. How many times did the average person mouse hover in, in anything on the streams? Out of the unique viewers. Yeah. It's eight hundred and eighty-three million divided by sixteen point six million. Yes. I'm going to say fifty. That's pretty close, actually. 53. Oh, get, yes. 53.15. Yes. God, I'm good. NA math. So that's pretty again. interesting, right? Because when you consider that a lot of people don't use the functionality, but they're still a viewer, right? Mm. Um, they're a viewer, but they're just watching on their TV or whatever. The people that actively use this must have used it a lot. That's obviously a really great look, right? Because you could imagine like people would mouse over an item or two or a spell or two. They're like, oh, what's this? Like, I play Dota, but I forgot or I don't know this. And I'm... then you check that one thing. People must have been checking a lot of things a lot of the time. So that's that means right, that it's, it's being used very actively. And that's obviously awesome to see. So we're uh, trying to... Oh, I guess the last part of this is we've agreed between me and Buka that we're going to keep it free for regular streamers like yourself, Cinderin. Yay. 
Because originally we came with the idea, we're like, okay, we got to make money somehow. So maybe we'll charge like the higher end streamers a little bit, like a monthly fee or something like that. But it doesn't sound like something that would make sense for anybody really. So we're going to keep it free for everybody except for tournaments. So we're going to continue to try to pitch yeah, to tournaments those. to try to get them to buy the license. So if you guys see a tournament not running the extension, perhaps Shame let them, them know they should Shame contact them. Sunsfan at sunsfan.tv. I don't know where that came from uh, for the extension license. Okay. So that is the end of the episode, Cinderman. It was a long one. We talked about Marcy for a good 45 minutes. Hopefully, you all what, enjoyed. What 45 minutes they were, huh? They, they were great. They truly were. Yes. Uh, we'll see if Valve's watching because uh, we'll know what the Ags and Shard will be in about three months, which will be when our next episode is. Just kidding. Did you have a good Halloween, by the way? You guys celebrate? Uh, we were inside, and our doorbell was rung three times, I think. Three, uh, it's about the same as us. Nikki was wasn't, depressed wasn't too bad. because we went to the grocery store and got a shit ton of candy. And by the way, I only get the best of the best. I hate going oh. to, like when I was a kid, I would go to these houses and sometimes they would just give away absolute dog shit. A lot of people don't know what good candy is. In America, Milky Way is garbage, okay? You don't put oh. candy corn in people's fucking bags. We get the best of the best, Cinder and Snickers, Butterfinger, yes. Reese's Pieces. Oh, uh, Reese's Pieces are so overrated, Shannon. Butterfinger. All of those combine into the greatest candy possible. And then we have only a couple bags of york peppermint patties because it's like a, an rng factor it's like a, an ultra rare mint chocolate in there with the butterfinger and the snickers <laughs> so we distribute it correctly and very nicely so we have all these bags and like four this four separate idea like Halloween. four sets of kids came and nikki was very upset because she likes giving candy away to kids you should next halloween you should give them the loot boxes I was thinking about that too, because just random candy, we... <laughs> you just assort it into boxes. It it is it is trick then or you treat. Control the market. There should be some RNG to trick oh, or that's treat. That's a good suggestion from chat. Why? What if you gave them candy NFTs? <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's a weird, real money maker right there. Not a scam at all. Could you imagine uh, <laughs> you're like some seven year old out <laughs> trick or treating? <laughs> Just give him fucking an empty. <laughs> oh, oh boy. god, that's really good. We're gonna get a lot that's of comments cool. about uh, people that love NFTs that were talking shit. Anyway, so you only gave uh, away. Wait, what did you buy for the kids? Uh, just some. What was it a mixed? So you know, a mixed bag with small plastic bags of like various wine gums, and I think was there. Did you say Sweet wine gums? Wine gums, right? What do you call them? Wine gums? Aren't they called wine gums? Hello? What the... F Spell it. Like you say it. All right, I'm going to have to Google... We're continuing to record here. I need to look this up. Wine gums. Isn't it called a wine gum? Apparently, there's something called... Wine gums are chewy, firm... Sweets similar to gumdrops without the sugar coating, originating from the UK. What would you call the? Okay, you know Haribo's bears, right? Yeah, everybody knows those. What are, what do you call those if not wine gums? Gummies. 
Oh, gummies. Okay, well, then let's call them that. I mean, the Undying, thing, the hero himself, talks about yeah, vitamin gummies. Gummy vitamins. Yeah, that's true. Oh. Yeah, Wine gums. So, yeah. Okay. Now, good the good know. news for Nikki is, even if she's disappointed she bought all this candy and the kids aren't there, that means you guys have candy. I'm eating That's a the lot good of thing. it. If yeah, you really buy good. too much candy for Halloween, it's a luxury problem. It's candy. It doesn't really expire very easily. It's not like you buy for a party and you buy too much meat and then you're like, fuck. Or, you know? Yeah, but the difference is, instead of just it. losing out on some money and having rotting meat in the fridge, you lose out on money and then... Well, I guess you don't lose out on money, but you end up costing a lot of money because you have diabetes, Cinderin. You have to go to the, the doctor. You have to get medication. Then you can give the candy away to friends and family. I can't do and that. And make them go to the doctor instead. <laughs> diabetes for everybody. I don't everybody. know where I was going Thank with that. I, I don't know, man. Anyway, Just if you spread guys... it out, okay? Don't eat all the kilos yourself. That is pounds. Sorry. Cinderin, all the one day of gummies. when I am rich, okay, and maybe the podcast one day will become, you know, get to a point where I will become a rich person, my mm. goal is to be that guy that gives away full-size candy bars to kids. I want to be that oh. house. Like, I've my experienced that only a couple times as a kid. podcast gets really big is to mint gummy NFTs. <laughs> wow. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. If that'll get us rich, I'm willing to sell out to be able to give big king-size candy bars to kids to produce more diabetes in America. I think that's what my calling is in the end. When uh, I grow up, I want to be a diabetic. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, thanks for watching, everybody. Uh, Suns fan and Sinner signing out. We'll be back next week, as always. Goodbye. Bye. Subscribe. Subscribe. We say things that don't mean anything. Subscribe. But thanks for listening. Yeah.